Hello and welcome to Pastor Plex podcast. I, as always, have Pastor Plex with me. And uh, also, we also have not only me, but we have James Foster, pastor here at Wells Branch Community Church. All right, excited to be here, guys. You know, James is going to bring and offer us some serious insight into these next questions. Pretty excited about it. Absolutely, let's go. All right, so starting off with our first question that we got is, can you talk about the difference between sacrifice and investment? Aren't those synonymous? Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about real quick the genesis of this this question because I, it comes from the sermon. When would you say, James? Where where do we think this question comes from? So this question comes from a place <laughs> of wondering where are we at in uh, the what's the difference between these two things? There there are obviously is some overlap. There's obviously some things that uh, are similar between the two. You're giving something up and you're getting back in return. Yeah, and I think those. I mentioned it in the sermon, right? I, oh, okay, I, I think now I remember specifically where it came from. It was like where I said, stop calling it sacrifice when you're giving, ultimately knowing that there is a great reward. Now, and I know that, man, that sounds so crass, I think, because to somebody like, you know, somebody who is giving and they're, they're giving sacrificially, meaning like they are, um, I don't know, having less disposable income, they're having less non-disposable income, they're having less, so that the kingdom might be advanced. And so you would look at that from a a this side of heaven uh, framework as I am losing something. I am, it's, it is your benefit at my expense. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with that sort of mindset of thinking, and, I, and listen, even on our own, um, uh, even in our own like uh, elder, when we like interview people for to be an elder, we go, are you giving regularly, joyfully, sacrificially, or often? Or I, I mean, I think there was another in, in it. And, and so people write joy, giving, giving sacrificially. And whenever I read that, I always have a weird twinge, mm-hmm. or, and I'm just like, it feels weird to say that, because usually when you give generously, it's not, you don't think about what you're giving up. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the other way I could I could probably go down this road. When I was serving in the military, people would tell me all the time, thank you for your sacrifice, thank you for your service. And then the whole time I'm going like, why are these people thanking me? I get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it's like my job. So why are we like? And now you now if I were to go up to a soldier, I'd be like you don't need to be thanked, just go do your job. Um, that would be considered rude. Um, but uh, the the reality is, I feel like when I was serving, I loved serving, so yeah. it didn't feel like a sacrifice. It felt like something I got to do. Now. Um, so I guess, I, and this is where I, so I guess this is where I go. It's um, sacrifice is your benefit at my expense, as opposed to investment, which is uh, my benefit, my expense. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really where I, I, I kind of wrestled through that. And so when we talk about giving; it's an investment, not necessarily a sacrifice. I think that's kind of where we were. Yeah, at. that's really helpful. I think uh, thinking it through and really seeing the uh, the benefit that you'll see, which you don't always expect with a sacrifice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Even Jesus dying on the cross was our benefit at his expense. Mm -hmm. He took on hell. He didn't have to take on hell, and that was a serious loss that he he 
took so that we could have eternal life. Yeah. So that, that that fits. Um, now you could say now the reason why he did that it was an investment because he invested in the souls of humanity so that he could be reunited with them because the because uh, the brokenness of sin and so in that way you could see it as, as an investment but um, the one thing that sort of he always has to forever deal with is that um, hell experience yeah amen that's yeah. really helpful awesome good stuff right off the bat yeah. uh, so the next question that we got sent in um, and I'm going to try and phrase this correctly so they said how is Jesus God um, there's only one God I believe I believe Jesus taught, fought, and died for his beliefs, but I don't believe Jesus died and became God or lived and was God. Hmm. All right. That's a lot. Yeah, a let's, lot in there. Let, let's go to the first part that, that this person said. I guess they said Jesus, I believe Jesus taught and fought for what he believed in. Um, yeah. I think that's what he said. So, uh, or he or she, I don't know actually who yeah, it is. Yeah, it says Jesus taught, fought, and died for his beliefs. Okay. Yeah. So, how do you know that? The, the problem with that is you're saying that Jesus is an actual person. Uh, Jesus believed something, died for it. Okay. Where are you getting that information? And usually someone would say, well, I mean, the Bible, and the problem when you say the Bible, Jesus taught that he was the son of God and that he rose from the dead. So it's super, and this is where, no, Jesus doesn't teach it. They just wrote about it. Well, all right, if you believe anything that they wrote, then you're going to get stuck with, you have to believe all that they wrote. How can, who's going to determine what part, this is why I always love people who are like, it's a red letter day, baby. I'm just going to read Jesus' words. <laughs> As if the other words are not Holy Spirit inspired, right? right? I think this is the part that gets such to be so challenging. So what exactly did Jesus fight, die, uh, fight, believe in, and then die for? That that would be my first question to this person. And then secondly, um, if you, ha- where are you getting that information from? And if it's the Bible that you just don't think is true, then why do you believe that Jesus even existed at all? So I feel like that's the struggle I have with that that first part of that. James, do you have anything to add to that sort of thought? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, first, I'm so thankful that you shared this uh, because this is a key part of uh, who we are as Christians. Yeah, that we believe good. that Jesus came uh, as the Son of God. Right, fully uh, divine, fully human, and there's some there's some trickiness there, some things that are beyond our finite minds. That Jesus was fully man and fully God, the hypostatic union that uh, is beyond us. And the other part of this question that that is it's begging is that Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit are one God, but three persons. And so this Trinitarian whole ideology. It, it, it's very elusive to us in our finite minds. And if you don't believe that Jesus is God, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. And that puts you in a tricky place of not being able to understand the things of Christ. Because like Chris, uh, you just said, uh, Jesus claimed to be God. And, and yeah. that's, a big, that's a big part of who he was. So based on what you've said, uh, that Jesus fought, taught, and died for his beliefs— yeah, I agree. He did. Uh, he died for his belief that he was God and that he could make a way for us to have peace with the holy and perfect God by not only living the perfect life that we could never live, but also by dying the death that we who sin 
deserve on the cross, paying for all of our past, present, and future sins for anyone who would believe in him so that we could have the right to become children of God. Uh, it's, it's this incredible thing that he would uh, ha- take on that sacrifice, that he would uh, be a sacrifice himself at our uh, his cost and our benefit. Okay, yeah, that's good. So let's let's then move into a Trinitarian thought process. How do we know <clears throat> that Jesus is God? Now, granted, the only way we know of Jesus is because he is in God's word. And so we know that Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Holy Spirit is not God the Father. And God the Father is not Jesus. But what we know of all three of those is that they are all God. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, I think the one that really sticks out to me is in Acts and... Um, Man, this is where it's like uh, whenever the Holy Spirit, whenever uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they um, they lie about how much money they were giving to the church, mm-hmm. and then God kills them, <laughs> yep. and then uh, or God kills Ananias, and then Sapphira walks in and he's like, "Hey, did you give this um, amount of money?" Like, "Yeah, well, guess what? You didn't lie to men. You lied to the Holy Spirit." Now, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. If the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force, then you can't lie to an impersonal force that is because it's impersonal. It's like Good. me lying to a table. Like, table, you are red, and it's brown. That is not lying. It's just stating a non-true thing to something that it's like I'm not – there's no misleading the table. You cannot mislead the table. The table is not offended by that. It's not offended by that, but you can – Sin against, I can't sin against the table. How about that? Yeah. I can't sin against yep. the table. I can sin against uh, God. And so by sinning against the Holy Spirit, that kind of validates the Holy Spirit as a person in the Trinity. And that's not the only only verse, but really that's where we see that. And, and I think sometimes people go, well, the Father and the Son, that's a weird thing. It's like, did God have a kid? And you're like, no, that he is of the same substance. He is... Son of God, meaning being like the firstborn of, um, and Son of God was also a title that Caesar is giving, like he is equal to God, mm-hmm. and that is his version on earth. And I think that's the part that gets really challenging, is that you can never separate Jesus from the Father, or the Holy Spirit from Jesus, or any, they're all one, there's all three in one, and so anytime you have one, you have all three, because they're three in one, and that can get complicated. So a lot of times people have some really weird prayers. Like, <clears throat> they pray to Jesus for a while, then they say Holy Spirit for a while, and then they talk to the Father for a while. And actually, it, 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 ortho, in orthodoxy, it works because all three are present. But probably the way that we say that um, prayer works usually is that you pray um, th- in Jesus' name through the Holy Spirit to God the Father, mm-hmm. and that is um, helpful. Um, but I, I do feel like that's a part where uh, we don't emphasize enough that the Holy Spirit, or rather the, the the Trinity of the Godhead. Yeah, and you know there were there were obviously uh, distinct claims that Jesus made to be God, right? So in mm. John ten, he says, "I and the Father are one." And uh, the claim that the Jews raised against him was that you are a mere man and you claim to be God. Right. So they recognized it for what it was, and so then it's weird for us thousands of years later to come back and say no he didn't really claim to be god i don't know about all that it's just uh weird postmodern thinking seeping into our interpretation of the biblical text right and um and then there's some who believe on on just the the trinitarian thought is that you know 
or they try and explain the Trinity with a like an egg. It's you know it's a shell, it's a yolk, and it's the what's the white stuff? Whites. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so then you go, oh, but that's actually modalism, where it's actually uh, you know you're in a different mode of God. It's one one God in three different modes, but it's Jesus is. <clears throat> Are the God the Fa- God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are simultaneously present um, in the world? Now, Jesus, since he has taken on bodily form, is can only be at w- one place at one time. But even that, I don't. Maybe he can do multiple things because he is God. Uh, but yeah. the reality is, you know, he has a glorified body, and so he is. You know, he's taken on humanity, which is mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. And the egg example is. Partialism of yeah. each oh, of sorry, them yeah. together makes, makes right, right, right. one yeah, yeah. God, but yeah. each each person in the Godhead is fully God uh, with those attributes. Right, modalism, I guess, would be water, water, yeah, water ice, yeah. vapor, and partialism is the egg or St. Patrick's three-leaf clover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the tree with the roots and the branches and right. the trunk. Right, 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 right. All sorts of fun, Thank you. fun yeah. analogies. Yeah. There, there's a great cool. video we can link in, the, in yeah. the description here. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah but one of my favorites is... Saint, yeah, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's. I'm not going to do it justice here. Uh, but it, in fact, we used to make people watch that video in our um, count me in class. We yeah. probably should bring that back. Let's do it. All right. All right. So that's all we have for y'all today. Um, thanks for listening to another week of Pastor Plex podcast. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. <laughs>